Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Ben Blakey, and it's Saturday, the 25th of July, 2020. And on this weekend edition of Revival from the Bible, I want us to ask the question, what do we sing about? And I guess specifically, I'm asking that as Christians. What do Christians sing about? And when you start looking at the songs that Christians sing, whether you open up a hymnal with songs that have been written over hundreds of years, or you open up Spotify and look at current popular Christian songs, I'm guessing that you would see a couple of themes emerge. I'm guessing you would see a lot of songs about the love of God, and also a lot of songs highlighting God's faithfulness to his people. Now, you might argue that if you looked at those lists, that maybe there's some aspects of God's character that are underrepresented, but you would see a lot of God's love and God's faithfulness, and I think that's right. Because when I open up the book of Psalms, which you could say is the the hymnal of the Bible, I see a lot of Psalms about the love of God, and the faithfulness of God. And those are two things that are absolutely worth singing about, things that are worth celebrating, and things that are worth you spending your weekend thinking about and praising God for. So let's look at Psalm 89 which we'll be going through more as we come back on Monday and and go through next week. But today we're looking at the first 10 verses of Psalm 89. And let me read how it starts. It says, I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. With my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I said, steadfast love will be built up forever. And in the heavens, you will establish your faithfulness. And there, both those verses talks about the steadfast love of the Lord and his faithfulness. And those are things that the psalmist loves to to sing about. Look at verse eight. It says, O Lord God of hosts, who is mighty as you are? O Lord, with your faithfulness, all around you. And there is this commitment. Again, if you look at verse one, he's saying, I will sing. It's a choice that he is making. He is choosing to focus on these headline attributes of God and his character. And even there's a commitment. I want to make this known to others. I want everyone to know of the steadfast love and the faithfulness of God. And these are things that we also need to be intentional to bring to our minds. That there's a reason why uh, these attributes are sung about so much. And in fact, I I think these attributes of God are particularly fitting for music and and for singing. Uh, Because music is meant to express our, our emotions and music many times is even supposed to bring some covenant of of peace and and comfort to us. And when we sing, when we put the realities of God's love and God's faithfulness to music, 
That, I think that does great things for our hearts and getting us focused on what is true, focused on our God and our Savior and who He really is. So I want to encourage you to spend time this weekend worshiping God. Hopefully you'll be able to do that with your local church tomorrow as we sing songs of praise to God. But I hope that there are songs, there are lyrics perhaps on your heart today and tomorrow that are pointing you back to God's love and God's faithfulness to you. And I want to share perhaps one of the greatest hymns that has ever been written and one that is on this topic of the faithfulness of God. And it's the hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. And it's one that's been on my heart recently. And I'd love to just even share these lyrics and we can focus on them together. The first verse says, Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. Verse 2. Summer and winter and springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their courses above, join with all nature in manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy, and love. That verse talking about the nature declaring God's faithfulness and the seasons and and everything. And then I love this third verse. As we think about what we have in Christ, pardon for sin and a peace that endureth, Thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. That God is with us to lead us and to bring us joy. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with 10,000 beside. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. I hope those lyrics resonate with you. And maybe there's other lyrics that come to your mind this weekend that point you to God's love and God's faithfulness. Those are things worth singing about. And there in Psalm 89, as it talks about God's faithfulness and his love, verse 9 even talks about his might and how he has expressed his faithfulness. And he, it says, you rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. And well, that's exactly what we see as we then turn to the gospel of Luke and chapter 8, verses 16 through 25. And we see Jesus again talking about uh, wrapping up parables and, and talking about that and interaction with his mothers and brothers. But we'll focus today even on verses 22 through 25, which talks about Jesus calming the storm. And this is the story where even not only is Jesus in the boat, he is asleep in the boat. And the disciples have to wake him up in verse 24 and say, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid, and they marveled, saying to one another, Who is this? that he commands even winds and water, and they obey him. That question always rebukes me when I read this passage, when Jesus looks at them and says, where is your faith? Well, I hope our faith is strengthened this weekend by us being intentional and focusing on the realities, the wonderful realities, the 
worthy of song realities of the faithfulness and love of God. Now we go to 2 Chronicles chapter 16 through 18, and I want to remind you that tomorrow at Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, we will be looking at the story of King Asa from 2 Chronicles 14 through 16, a king that starts off so well, but then seems to end uh, so poorly. And wh- why does that happen? And what can we learn from that? So today we'll look at verses 17 and or chapter 17 and 18, which focus on the next king, King Jehoshaphat. And we see in chapter 17, so many good things that, that he was a king who it says the Lord in verse three, the Lord was with him because he walked in the earlier ways of his father, David. He did not seek the Baals, but sought the God of his father and walked in his commandments and not according to the practices of Israel. And then chapter 17 records many positive things that he did in strengthening the kingdom. And and we'll see more positive things from King Jehoshaphat. But chapter 18 raises a little bit of a concern. And even if you're looking in the English Standard Version, you'll see the heading there over chapter 18 is Jehoshaphat allies with Ahab. Now, you probably recognize King Ahab and you recognize wasn't he not a really good king? That's right. In fact, some cases it says he was the worst king of the northern kingdom of Israel. And Jehoshaphat goes and makes an alliance with him. And what we're going to see both today and ongoing in some ways, that alliance is going to hurt the southern kingdom of Judah. And that's a reminder to us that when we... Uh, make alliances, I guess you might not do that in a political sense, but when we draw close to those that are running away from God, and again, we want to draw close to people like that to share the gospel with them. But when we become unequally yoked, as it warns in second Corinthians, there will be consequences for that. And we will see our love for the Lord and our commitment be dragged away when we when we tie ourselves to somebody that is running away from God as fast as they can. Even today you'll see Jehoshaphat has to run for his life as he has to flee the battlefield as people think he is the king of Israel. And then the other thing we see in this chapter is the death of King Ahab. And we see the story of how God brings that about. And it's another story like we've talked about in church recently, where we see the sovereignty of God and the responsibility of man, where we see God clearly worked to make this happen. And it even seems random because Ahab was disguising himself, but it was God's plan. And it was prophesied by this prophet Micaiah that we read about here in this chapter. But we also see Ahab being responsible and how he would not, he refused to listen to the word of the Lord. Our last passage today is in Ephesians chapter 6, where we wrap up what is known as the household codes, where it starts off looking at wives and husbands, and today progresses to children and fathers, and then to bond servants and masters. And really, this is going to hit on your daily life. Obviously, there are some cultural differences that we could dig deep into with, you know, the whole issue of slavery and and masters. But today, I'd really just encourage you to think about your life and how many of you, the biggest things that you're doing with your time is you are spending time at work, exchanging your hours for dollars, or you're probably at home. And if you have a family there, that's a big part of your life. 
And so this weekend, I'd encourage you to think about both aspects of your life at work. Are you working to please man and just get in good with your boss? Or if you're a boss, even are you just working for the bottom line and making more money or whether you're an employer or an employee, are you working for the Lord? Think about this last week. Is that what your work ethic at the office showed? Is that what you're going to show next week? And then as maybe you are home more over the weekend, if you do have kids, I would encourage you, what will you do this weekend to invest in the lives of your children? As it says here, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And I would especially make a call to the fathers that are listening right now. Take some time this weekend to invest in your children and bringing them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Read the Bible with them. Talk to them about what they're learning in church. Spend time praying with them and talking about the issues of life with them. And I am confident that you will reap the benefits of that. So I hope you have a great weekend and I hope that you Uh, focus your mind and your heart on the faithfulness and love of God. And I'd love to see many of you tomorrow at Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley, as we look at the life of King Asa from 2 Chronicles 14 through 16. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.